What'd you get from Starbucks? Ice green tea. Nice. Yeah, that's like the af- the perfect afternoon drink. You yeah. know, it's not. It has very little caffeine. It's refreshing. You know, it's iced. It kind of just <laughs>、right. wakes you up. But just、yeah. enough caffeine. Just to keep you a、going. little bit, right? Right. Uh, right. Get you through till the and end. And it's healthy. You know, keeps you hydrated. Yeah. Hey, I'm Asad Zerkat, and I'm Jeremiah Budin, and you're listening to the Appeal Curved Podcast. Today we have designer Natasha Jen in the studio with us. She is a partner at Pentagram, the multidisciplinary design firm, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, from the design of subway signage to branding and everything in between. Yeah, Pentagram does work with lots of major brands and cultural institutions like Nike, Citibank. But the thing about design is that it's sort of just all around us. It's the things that you see that you don't even think about. So we're going to talk to her about all that. Yep, and we will also find out why everyone's least loved font might not be so bad. We'll、yeah. keep it light, like the green tea.、Don't、yeah,、worry. good. <laughs> yeah, green tea interview. Light and smooth. <laughs> yes,、yeah. exactly. Um, so we were wondering,、uh, when you meet somebody at a party, how do you describe what you do? I'm a graphic designer, and um, um, I would say 99% of the time, people don't really know precisely what that means. Yeah, and people would ask questions, you know, to to clarify what a graphic designer is by asking, "Hey, do you do advertising?" <laughs>、um, yeah, no, you know, do you do、uh, logos? Absolutely, but you know, it's a lot beyond、um, logos. Do you do books? Yes, but we don't author books、um, rarely. We don't photograph、um, the, the the photography in the book, so it's it's a kind of confusing、sure. um, profession. I mean, you sound very at peace with the idea that. People just might not know, and that you're、oh, there to explain it. Oh, it's oh my goodness! It's been 15 years, you know, <laughs>、uh, struggling with my profession, and now I'm okay with it.、Yeah. I'm okay with the、um, with the ambiguity of it. Yeah.、Uh, is the most annoying question that you get、uh, concerning brands? Oh no! The most annoying question is, "Oh, you do websites? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you do my website? Can you do my website? Do you do good websites?" <laughs> no. Well, we do websites, but websites are very hard. Yes,、yeah. they are. So, for listeners who who may not know,、um, you've done work for you, you work at Pentagram. So, let's just start there. You work for the New York multidisciplinary design firm Pentagram,、um, and you know you've done work for Nike. You've done work for YouTube. You've worked with the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York and the Harvard Art Museums.、Um, we're just curious, like what that creative process is like. Like, what can you take credit for also in all of this? Because obviously, it's, it's you know you collaborate on these things. But what do you do? Yeah, what what do I do? Well, I still ask myself that question every <laughs> single day. You know,、um, what's interesting is that、um, I started out. Okay, maybe let's just you know backtrack a little bit. I started out、um, as as a graphic designer. You know, I was trained、um, as a designer. I studied graphic design, and then I was working、um, as a graphic designer for many years, right?、Mm-hmm. In a kind of really hands-on way, meaning that I was literally sitting from the computer designing. Things right, and then printing them out, printing them out, showing them to clients. But um, now um, I don't design anymore. I don't design in a kind of very literal way. I don't. I I I I, I get you know more and more、um, unfamiliar with、um, the programs、mm-hmm. now, and it's is a kind of a ter- terrifying、um, situation. But what I do now,、um, more or less, is that I work more or less like an editor. You know, meaning、mm-hmm. that I have a team of really great.、Um, Designers and writers and strategists, and they would 
get the assignment, you know, just like the way that I that that I do. But they are really the people who create、um, the work, okay, with their ideas, with their way of、um, making things tangible, okay,、mm-hmm. either through visual or verbal. And my role is to help them. Edit and sharpen their work.、Okay? That's so important. That is such an important role to play. And it's I mean, actually it's actually hard because it's a lot harder than just designing. Because when you're designing, you have a very pure relationship, you know,、um, between between yourself and the work that's in front of you, right? It's analytical yet it is very intuitive. But working as a as an editor, there's a lot of I think human psychology、um, involved. In That you know that、mm-hmm. um, I'm still learning, you know, and I think that I'm, I'm getting a lot better than say、um, a couple of years ago. And I think that it's really about how you、um, shape the work、um, to the way that you want it while motivating、um, the people who created it. And that's、mm-hmm. not an easy thing to do. So when you say human psychology, you mean working with the team. Working with、I、team,、assume. working with people, but also, would you say that that factors into the finished product? Like the end result has to has to inspire and motivate the consumer or、oh, the museum ab- goer. Oh, absolutely, the or the clients, you know. And then sometimes、um, your your edits are not entirely、uh, politically correct or <laughs> not entirely, you know, sensitive、right. to people's、um, self esteem. For example, you know, you you have to say really hard things sometimes. So the question is, how do we actually communicate that to people, and how do we actually even motivate them to actually try these things in order to shape the work to some, you know,、um, extraordinary form?、Yeah. We've been thinking. We like talked a lot about just the idea of a brand, like. Do cultural institutions really think of themselves as brands in the way that you know we think they sometimes should? Because cultural institutions are brands just as much as you know a Nike or a YouTube. Obviously, their like end goal is different.、Um, What would you say? Do you think that your like design thinking changes for each of those kinds Absolute, of projects? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that you know、um, the 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 idea. You know, generally speaking, I think the public's idea on、um, branding has shifted a lot from many years ago. I think that the idea of branding is、uh, is is a lot better understood now. Okay, by、mm-hmm. the general public as well as by cultural institutions. So you know, museums,、um, cultural institutions, their business as Well, after、mm-hmm. all, right? You know, they're cultural businesses. So, how do you actually、um, entice、um, visitors to 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 come to the space, the physical space, as well as exploring all its digital domains, right? So, all of these combined together is branding, and you see that museums now really embrace、um, the idea of branding. Whereas, I think a few years ago, it was still a kind of you know、um, terrifying idea because、um, branding itself suggests you know you kind of have to consider markets and markets. Can be a really terrifying term in the cultural context. Yeah, mm, but I、sure. think that now directors,、um, museum directors, really embrace the idea of branding a lot better than、um, years ago.、Uh, you mentioned in another interview that you wanted to design for NASA. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Is that just because you just <laughs> everything? Everything. Okay. So 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 here's my thing with um, NASA. First, Tell us everything. Okay. Yeah. First of all, first of all, when I when I was a child, um, I, I grew up in Taiwan. I was born and raised in Taiwan. When I was a kid, I really um, wanted to become an astronaut. Okay. So I told my mom. It, I was like five years ago, six years ago. I told my mom that I wanted to become an astronaut, and my mom told me that I either have to be an an American or a Russian in order to do that okay so that and was you were five or six years I old I was five or six years old okay but I was I, 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 I was in Taiwan right so that was a very devastating uh, answer to a child okay so um, somehow I have this um, this kind of um, I would say romance you know mental romance with NASA because it's just so um, intangible you know yeah. uh, right right I, I was an American nor Russian and I was <laughs> thousands of miles away in a small island Island. So um, my, my 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 romance with with, with NASA um, continued. Um Although I became um, a graphic designer, and I still, you know, I'm I, I'm a space nut. Okay, I um I, so Star Trek, Star, Star Wars, Trek, the Star whole Wars, thing. you know, um, Mars exploration, the whole thing, right? Um, I I do uh, follow a lot of um I, I follow NASA's news, you know, first of all, and then I do check out their websites, and they have hundreds and hundreds of sub entities and websites because there's so really? many there's so many groups NASA has so many groups you wouldn't believe it so 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 individually they're all really bad just just, <laughs> just bad you know there's no sense of you mean the website oh, website themselves there's no sense of clarity there's no sense of um, aesthetics you know of course the images are all pretty amazing right you know either it's um, images of um, space shuttles images of the space you know the contents absolutely amazing but the organization meaning the graphic design of it is terrible okay individually as well as a whole so um, one of my uh, I would say you know um, ambitions you know that's in my bucket list is that I would be able to redesign the whole thing for NASA before I die well we hope that NASA is listening to this <laughs> please <laughs> exactly. yes, yes yeah if you are if you have the power and you're listening Natasha wants to work with, I would with do you. everything for yeah. NASA all right here I am yes. so down to the logo yeah. To Down to the logo, yeah. yes. The logo itself, I think, I think is a more complicated um, story, you know. Mm. But I think that uh, th I, I would really like to help NASA to look as good as it is. That's a great yeah. pitch. Yeah. I'd hire you. <laughs> yes, <I'm ready>. please. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've mentioned this a bit, but what what do you think good examples of graphic design are? What what should the goal of someone working to, to communicate clearly in the graphic design world, which, what are those goals like? Well, well, I think that first thing, you know, before, graphic design has a lot of, I think, you know, um, aesthetic, you know, um, concerns to it. But I think the first thing is always clarity, right? Mm -hmm. You you have to look at something and you can actually get it right away, okay? And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. That's not just layout things. It's not just picking colors or picking fonts. That has to do with the analysis of, you know, spatial organization, whether 
is um, in a website, whether it's a it's a brand, you know, that has different components to it, whether it's a signage system, whether it's a book, right, that has certain um, linearity to it, that has certain physical limitation to it. It's all about how you organize things spatially, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, 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 in a way, I think that is not that different from being an architect. I know that, you know, um, it's, it, it may sound like a strange um, parallel, but I think graphic design um, has a lot of kind of organizing, um, um, uh, you know, s- ability uh, to it that's similar to an architect's. Mm. Right. What's that quote about it takes a genius to design something simple? Right. Is that yeah. I hope, yeah. I, I hope I didn't yeah. just quote something yeah. horrible because I don't know who <laughs> yeah. said that. Yeah. But yeah Somebody like same, said that. Yeah, the yeah. same thing. I mean, hopefully it wasn't because it's a good quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it wasn't someone terrible. Yeah. Just, I think the kinds of graphic design that people uh, kind of encounter most frequently in their daily life is just subway signage and, and signage in general. You know, if you live in a city, obviously metro signage is such a prominent thing. Um, but are there some examples of, of you know, good wayfinding or good signage that you can point to and, and bad ones as well? And, as and maybe a, some of what could be done to improve them? As examples? Yeah, sure. I think New York subway um, signage is pretty good, you know. Um, maybe it has to do with that. I've been living in this city for so long <laughs> that I'm right. so used to it, and I know how to use it, right? And I think that um, I, I still recall that when I first got here um, in 1998, um, that was really my first experience with um, a subway system. You know, when I grew up in when I was growing up in Taiwan, we took buses where we rode um, scooters, right? So um, I remember my first experience with the um, subway signage was that I got it pretty quickly. Okay, I got the uptown downtown um, idea. Yeah, the Helvetica I, helps. I, I, the, the very the, simple typeface that all of the signage is helps, written in right. helps. And then I also um, remembered um, what those colors actually meant. Okay, so when it's a green line, it's sort of you know on the east side, but kind of in the middle. When it's a blue line, that sort of runs on the west. You know, I got the color idea pretty well. So I think that in that sense, it's a very um, well design system because it helps the users um, internalize it very quickly. And I think that's the very basic criterion for any navigational um, signage. But signage itself is not entirely um, always navigational, you know, meaning that it, it sometimes it, it enhances um, the building, it enhances certain visual or, you know, visceral um, experiences. Those are important too. And I think that, you know, generally speaking, signage in New York is really bad, okay, <laughs> generally speaking. What are, well, yeah. What kind of signage? All right, I think just (laughs) as a whole, you know, I always find it more interesting to look at signage, you know, as a kind of collective experience, meaning that you look at signage systems, you know, through the lens of a neighborhood. You look at signage as a kind of fabric, okay, that either connects or disconnects certain zones within a neighborhood. And that also um, creates a certain fabric, okay, that's actually beyond the building blocks. That's how I look at signage. When When I look Look at signage individually, meaning that hey, you know, this is a door sign, right? You know, that spells out the number of the building that's set in certain fonts. I actually find it um, not so interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think that as a, a as a whole, 
um, Manhattan signage system really has no characteristics to it, you know, and I think that that has to, a lot to do, um, again, my own hypothesis with the kind of, you know, urban jungle that, you know, is really defined by um, skyscrapers and high rises. And um, there are certain smaller neighborhoods where you have, you know, um, stronger regulations when it comes to signage. For example, Soho, you know, they're, they're very, very strong landmark um, regulations that, okay, your sign can only be a certain size. But somehow, when that's actually in, in, in play, um, you begin to actually see the signage system really functions as this kind of beautiful net that actually mm. defines the aesthetics of a neighborhood really, really well. You know, and you rarely actually see that or experience that in New York. The other good example, and I know that everybody's gonna hate it, <laughs> is Times Square. I actually find Times Square a real signage phenomenon. Okay, it is so extreme. What do you? Yeah, what do you mean when you say it, signage it, phenomenon? It is. It is so coherent. You know, it is so relentless. All the LED that basically just plaster all the surfaces. I can agree that it's relentless. It, right. <laughs> it, 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 it is relentless. It, it, it may not be the most pleasant experience when you're there for say longer than you know half an hour you may get overwhelmed but as a kind of aesthetic experience it is a kind of you know um, phenomenon I find it quite incredible it is incredible because it's really the signage itself that defines Times Square it's not the buildings the buildings are terrible there and I, I don't think I would be able to describe like just a typical building in Times Square. You can't, you can. They're, 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 they're characterless, right. you know, they're, they're without any kind of characters. But it's really the signage mm -hmm. itself that makes Times Square Times Square. It is a, a weird experience of living in New York when you walk through Times Square and you're just so angry at it, but then you're also surrounded by people who are like marveling at the huge signs. <laughs> exactly. Like, travel from all over the world to look at them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that that that's that's a great example. You know, um, there's oh, there are also like some other similar uh, situations in the other parts of the world. Like you know, if you go to Hong Kong um, to Kowloon, Hong Kong in general is saturated with neon signs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just again, it's it, it's relentless there, okay? There's like no regulation whatsoever. They can just come out, you know, at any length that they like, you know, um, at any kind of angle. But then if you go to Kowloon, um, that phenomena is again intensified, you know. Um, they're actually quite beautiful, you know, these neon tubes mm. that again create this kind of really tangible um, urban fabric, you know, especially at night. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually see it from central. It's incredibly beautiful, you know, and we don't have that here. Yeah. That's a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes, yeah, signage. <laughs> I'll be yeah. thinking about Times Square in a different way when I go outside. Yes, today. <laughs> and I hope people will think about signage in different ways now. Um, so I'm always curious, just when we chat with people, what inspires you outside of the world of design? Everything. I would say everything. You yeah. know, you see, that's that's funny. People, okay, non-designers, I think, okay, think that designers have some sort of magical way to find inspirations, right? So there's no magic involved? There's zero <laughs> magic, and I'm very sorry to disappoint <laughs> you. <laughs> Little bit of there, us just there, 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 Right, there's, there, there's really no magic to, to, to find inspirations. I think that inspirations really exist everywhere, you know, and they're, they're highly unpredictable. They can come, um, say, you know, in your shower. Um, they can come as you watch uh, 
TV. They they can come as you as you um, walk down the street, right? I think that inspirations comes when we begin to actually find certain dots that are con- they're connecting together. You know that were not previously connected. So you know I I find inspirations um, everywhere. But I think that being in New York definitely helps. You know I think that you just do run into. Mm-hmm. Um, Situations or things <laughs> they're just quite odd, right? That you, you you don't normally run into elsewhere, and I think that's great. Yeah, uh, I want to back up uh, a, a bit actually. Uh, before we were talking about how you had moved from uh, creating the designs into editing more. Um, first of all, like how how long ago did you sort of make that switch? Um, Okay, so I um, I started my own uh, practice in 2010. Um, I, I I was running a very small practice. It was myself and um, two to three um, designers. I was still designing at that time, but I was designing a lot less than say in 2008. You know mm-hmm. where um, where I was a designer at a different firm. Um, so started really started in 2010, but um, it, it got really intensified um, after I joined Pentagram, which was 2012. Okay, so. Um, it got intensified because, first of all, um, the complexity and the scale of my projects all of a sudden just grew, okay, mm-hmm. um, exponentially, and um, my team size grew also um, a bit, quite a bit. You know, we um, we started out with. Um, three designers and myself and now um, my team has about 12 people mm-hmm. so um, so so it's really the scale of it um, that kind of created this condition that you know I can no longer um, design in a very hands-on way right yeah so is that sort of a normal trajectory for a, a successful graphic designer or was it something you had planned on or Mm, well, first of all, I wouldn't equate that to success. Okay, okay? I think okay. that <laughs> success is a very tricky term. Um, I think that 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 would happen really naturally to anyone whose business or you know um, whose projects um, are are scaling up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it really comes down to you know uh, logistics and you know the pragmatics, right? right, right. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy design. I enjoy uh, creating a logo. You know, opening up Illustrator and then use all the tools and all that. You know, I'm I'm no longer good at those anymore. I even <laughs> forgot about a lot of shortcuts. You know, really, oh, no. which really irritate <laughs> me because now I would like, I would you know, I sit downstairs and my designers sit upstairs. I would call them and ask them, hey, you know, what is a shortcut to this? Like can you come down, just look at this new um, Illustrator CS that just got updated, you know, the whole <laughs> interface kind of changed, you know, what's not, going on, yeah. Not like riding a bike? No, no, not at all, <laughs> right. yes. Like riding a bike with like 10,000 different buttons. That is right, right. right. yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a beautiful metaphor, uh, thank, thank you. you for that. <laughs> thank you for that, <laughs> gonna use yes. that again for something else yeah. randomly. Yes. Um, so now we wanna shift uh, gears a bit and um, mm-hmm talk to you about some more fun things in our thunder round which okay. we're calling a thunder round instead of lightning because we never are quite lightning fast with this okay we want it to we want it to rumble a bit longer than okay just a, just a little bit slower than lightning yeah let me uh, just extend this metaphor for as <laughs> okay. long as possible yes <laughs> well people gotta yeah gotta get it um so we were wondering if we could just go through some of the uh, most popular fonts and you could just tell us what you think of them what I think of them. Yeah, yeah, that facial expression Natasha has right now is 
lethal. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good with fonts. What makes you think that I actually know I, oh. I, all the fonts? Well, these That's are a good. Well, how, yeah, it's a good question. We sort of just assumed. I mean, these are pretty popular. Did so. Here, why don't we? Why don't yeah. we start and we'll see. Like Times New Roman. Great. We all know Great font. Love it. I agree. Love it. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually use it for 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 one project that we did um, very recently. We picked two um, default fonts. You know, one is Arial. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people hate, especially graphic designers, hate <laughs> Arial, and the other one is Times New Roman. Why do graphic designers hate Arial? Because it's boring. <laughs> just round. It's just and, an, yeah. the notion about uh, about Arial is boring. Okay, it's one of those default fonts, and because it's default fonts, our our perception about it is that it's boring. But it, in fact, it's not. It you know the thing about fonts is that um, it's not so much about the font that you choose. It's actually about how you use it. You know, you can you can really use the the worst design fonts in a very interesting way. Then is that good type? Typography or bad typography, right? Hmm. Interesting. That's Interesting. a good general. Yeah. That's a good general life mantra. Like, yes, it's a, thank it's you just very about much. What you do with the tools you have. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm a life coach. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <Yes. laughs> so there you go. You just, just open up a new career yeah, for me. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> we'll do one more font just in case. Okay. It's an interesting Comic Sans, one of the most sort of hated fonts, right? I think Comic Sense is absolutely fabulous. I was hoping it's, for that. It's fabulous. <laughs> My you, jaw just dropped. You, you, know, you, you know why? Because it is so, so, so wonky that <laughs> yeah. it's actually good. It has so much personality in it. Seriously. Like, what are the other fonts that you can actually mention that has similar level and intensity of personalities? Not that many. Yeah, and it's so enduring. It's and enduring, it's gotta, right? Be something behind right, it. and it always comes up, you know, in all design critiques, whether good or bad, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, how iconic can you possibly be? Right, right. It's Time almost. I think Comic Sans is the new Times New Roman. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness! Oh my I never goodness. thought I'd hear oh this my in my life. <laughs> But you heard it here first. We folks. just declared today, yes, <laughs> yeah. Comic Sense is New Times New Roman. Embrace it, people. Exactly. So what about Impact, the font that's like on every internet meme you've ever seen? I like, I mean, I like Impact. To tell the truth, um, it was one of my favorite fonts in my student years because it's, it's, it's one of those things that, okay, if you want something to look really bold and, you know, look really kind of modern, mm. you use impact, right? You mm. know, it's, it's, some, it's one of those, I would say, lazy, lazy people's fonts that once you have it, you don't have to think about it too much, okay? Um, in that sense, it's a very utilitarian font. When something is useful, it's great, okay? Again, very simple rationalization yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks great on all those Game of Thrones it, memes. It's very so. hard to actually go wrong with impact. Right. Yes, another yeah. one of those fonts where the name also just completely accurately describes right. What it is. It's impact. Yeah. Impact. Yeah. Well named font. Yes. Well branded font. Yes. Well branded. <laughs> yeah. Right. Very coherent between very the name and exactly. the look and feel. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite Pantone color? No, absolutely no. I, in, to, tell, to tell the truth, I actually uh, don't like um, colors that much. Okay, It's not that I don't like colors, um, the thing. Mm. I don't like to deal with colors in, in the design process because color discussions are oftentimes the most <laughs> subjective and the most complicated. And you can actually sway it in all different ways and actually 
sound very reasonable, meaning that there's actually <laughs> no reasoning behind it at all. Okay, um, Pantone great, but again, you know, it just has too many options, yet too few options. You know, you know that conundrum, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You you have this, you know, uh, gigantic mega book that has hundreds of pages in it, and there are thousands of colors in it, but you always find that there's that color that you want that's missing from it, and you ask yourself why, right? So yeah. that's a Pantone um, conundrum. Like paralyzed by choices. Kind it's of thing. To totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's very, it's kind of very paradoxical, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I always, you know, start out with um, black and white, really, mm -hmm. when, when we design. And I feel that when you look at things, um, especially graphic things through the lens of graphic, uh, through the lens of black and white, you can actually see the forms a lot clearer, meaning that you basically eliminate other factors that, that can um, influence how you actually read, you know. Um, the design, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and finally, we, uh, in researching for this interview, spent some time on your Instagram and noticed you have the, a very cute dog and we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we couldn't come up with any question about the dog, but it's such a cute dog. Right? He uh, yeah. She she her her name is Ivy. Okay. Yep. She uh she she's a reincarnated um Ewok from um Star Wars. And she, re she, she really she is. really is. I yes. mean, she's adorable. She, she will it's be insane. very pleased to hear that. <laughs> We're glad. Yes. We're yes. Glad. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. Thank you so much for coming oh, in. Oh, thank was you really so fun. much. You guys you. are great. This is super fun. Yes. yes thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm glad Ivy will be pleased. Yes, yes. Ivy will be pleased. Yes. She will listen to it. Even she if will know. listen to it. Yes. <laughs> right, thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you.